This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester to Light Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Hi, everybody. Jerry Taggart here. Now, be sure to watch Chris and Lester to Light Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on, you foxes! On the Pitch Show with Chris and Xbox Julian Watts. Looking back at the past week at all things Leicester City. Right, Chris. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Good evening. How the devil are you all? So I, I, I was remembering the England game last night there. I tell you what, I had difficulty, difficulty sleeping. And I, I, I contacted the doctor and said, look, you know, have you got any um, sleeping tablets? And he said, 
No, you know, you can't always be taking sleeping tablets. Have you thought about watching the England national team? And, you know, he's got a point. He's got a point. 10-0? Really? Was it that exciting? Because I didn't, well, I didn't even watch the first 75 minutes. Um, same with um, Andorra. It was on, but I couldn't be bothered to watch it. Is that... We might as well, we might, you know, we might as well play Dover Athletic or, you know, Paul Town Women's Team. That's sort of the standard we were playing last night. Went down to 10 men. What was the point? And Scottish football. Why? I mean, yes, they did manage to beat um, Denmark yesterday as a national team. And it'd be great that they'll be able to go along and spend their normal sort of 10 days at an international competition before they're sent packing again. But I mean, the actual, you know, no manager wants to stay there. They go, they appear to get a good reputation because they uh, win a few games. And then they scuttle off down to, uh, to a decent league in England. What is the point of Scotland? This is Lester Till I Die TV. This is where you can find and watch us. And listen to us. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe. Like, follow, and join in now. Indeed, we are all over. Almighty Blues and Kit, good evening. Check his channel out. Subscribe if you haven't yet. I'm going to be on it later on in the week, but he's got a few problems, Ankit. I don't know how this is going to work out because he's recorded his bit. I recorded my bit. Uh, a bit like... And Michael Jackson and um, Paul McCartney when they did Ebony and Ivory, who were separate. I don't know if I'm Michael Jackson or Paul McCartney. One's no longer with us and one's very nearly no longer with us. So maybe that wasn't a good comparison. Uh, Scott, good evening. Um, hope you're well as well, sir. How the devil are you? Almighty, I have, or Anki, I have got your details. As I say, podcasters do it for themselves. I think that's what they say. Talking of which, it is X on the Beat show. I talk football, but I also talk a load of round spherical objects. But it's always nice on a Tuesday at 9 o'clock that we have somebody in that knows what they're talking about. Well, that's what he tells me anyway. It is the, the Lady Magazine's Top Totty. It is the magazine for the more discerning aged lady. And uh, he, uh, he has been voted top of their totty charts. And uh, all I can say is, Julian, good evening, <laughs> sir. How are you? Good evening, Chris. What an intro that is. I'm going to remember that for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm running out of magazines. That's the problem. <laughs> hey, and I, I never got those magazines you promised to send me either. <laughs> I'm keeping it, mate. <laughs> there are so many places I could go with this, but I'm not going to because I respect you much too much. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe, maybe later. Maybe later. So tonight we were just talking before. We're going to have uh, a chat about international football, as boring as that is. Uh, we're going to talk Scottish football, 
And then any fan questions at the end. So if anybody's got any questions for Julian, not about his top toppy totty modelling career, but if you have, stick it in the chat. And if you've got time at the end of the show, we'll go through them and put them to to Julian. Uh, you didn't watch it. I didn't really watch it. You know, you you can say ten nil was a good result, but what is the point? I just don't, you know, understand. It, it's it's almost like oh, well, we know what it is. FIFA and UEFA they want the big teams to qualify, so they get the audiences and they get the money in. Because let's be honest with you, if Italy don't qualify and San Marino were to, it would be great for us fans to see these teams in it, but. Are San Marino going to draw a huge audience like Italy would? Of course they wouldn't. And it's just extra games where players are playing, could get injured, but the moment they could come back with COVID. And we're all, you know, we're all complaining about how many games you know our players are playing. Why don't they give the and I'm going to sound a bit like a you know the chairman of Man United here, but why don't they give these clubs either A, their own group? So that they can get through, and they've got something to battle for. Then, or mm. B, just stick all the balls in the pot and draw them out. And if Italy gets Spain and Germany get uh, France, great. It makes much more exciting football, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I think. I think commercially, that's never going to happen. And I, I you know, I, I agree with you on that, Chris. It, it could be something that you'd look at. But I think for me personally, like, so we look at the games. I didn't watch the San Marino game. And I think I flicked it on for like 10 minutes and about three goals were scored. And it was like, you know, what is the point in this? It's just, you know, it doesn't do San Marino any good, like we discussed earlier. I don't think it does England any good. I was disappointed that Kane started because he's that for his own ego and record for England, which I, I really, again, don't agree with. If we're, if we're playing a, in a game of that, you know, lesser magnitude, give other people a chance. And obviously... It seems like, you know, there's a thing between him and Southgate where he, he wants to break records, he wants to score the most goals, and he's going to do it without doubt. But, mm. you know, did the players in the past who did it, they did it against better teams. And for me, it won't stand in as good stead that, you know, he scored, you know, four uh, last night against San Marino and scored three against, you know, Albania on, on, on Friday. But I was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking, like, could you get it in two tiers? But then I think you'd get people wanting to go into the bottom tier to win the bottom tier. And so you might get people cheating Ooh. that way. Are you, are, are you suggesting that there's some <laughs> the hand school duggery goes on within within FIFA? I, I don't know where you get that idea from, <laughs> Mr. Blatter. The, the, only, the only thing I can sort of think of is if it was like the Champions League where there were pre-qualifiers. Mm. So you really are getting, so of these teams, and no disrespect to them, the smaller nations... They've not played football as long. They've not got the experience in the game or, you know, the the resources to throw at it. But do we make them go through like a stringent pre-qualifying? And if they get through, at least they're fit for the purpose, which is a terrible sort of thing to say, but fit for the purpose of facing an England, an Italy, a Spain, a France, you know, mm. on a pitch on a, on, a, on a Wednesday night and, you know, at least making something of it. And then you would probably then get the best of that. But... You know, with all due respect to Sam Marino, you know, lovely country and all that, but yeah. it doesn't do them any good in their end. You know, their international uh, sort of career should be looking at teams around themselves, going to have internationals on a level, level pegging situation where the players get good experience of playing international football, which would be great for anybody, but being competitive. And they can't be competitive at this standard. 
And there's a, mm. you know, we've seen the results. And there's quite a few like that. So, you know, I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't see the point in it. There's got to be some filter before they get to the stage where they are now. And there's no filter at all. And it makes for ridiculous run. And I, I'm with you, uh, Chris. I never watched it last night, apart from mm. flicked it on for five minutes and just went, oh crap, you know, this is yes. going to plan, and 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 turned it off again. Well, I, I think I was saying before, um, my my Tuesday talking point with the BBC on Leicester's homepage on their site, supposed to be about Leicester, but obviously we haven't played, so there wasn't an awful lot I could talk about for Leicester. Mm. And um, I did a, I did this very, very point, you know, and, and the lady from the BBC, um, who happens to be a Man United fan, and I started <laughs> talking to her just before the win, found out yesterday she was also an Italy fan. So she's not having a good time of it at the moment. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, she said... But my point, I mean, she, she couldn't publish it because it wasn't about Leicester. But, you know, my whole point there was exactly what you've said. And, you know, you get, I don't know if it was San Marino or, or, or something where you, they said, are you, do you want to deny us and our players the chance to play against the Englands, the Germans, the Italy? But, okay, you say, oh, yeah, I remember I played against Italy once, they beat, uh, England once, they beat us 10 0. Mm. I mean, you know, is it. What what is the point of it? And like I said, there's so many games being played at the moment. And I mm. know I don't have any sympathy for clubs when they say, "Oh, the players are playing too many games," and then they go off and do a tour of Asia or something, <laughs> you know, in a winter break, uh, Man mm. United. But I just I do feel that there's too many games. And I think I said, you know, I said to you before we came on live, Julian, that I I'm old enough to remember. Um, Glenn Hoddle when he was England manager and we had to uh, to qualify, we had to go to Italy who were in our group and get something in their own backyard and I think we got a nil-nil uh, well, it, well it was a nil-nil and you know just like Paul Ince was you know the blood dripping off him and his bandage around his head and what have you and that nil-nil was more exciting than the 10-nil <laughs> last night Absolutely and, and the ridiculous thing is, and, and I'm I'm not a fan, so I'm, I'm probably a bit down on the guy. But then Southgate saying we're not taking anything for granted, you know, we need to get a draw. We're not doing, and I think oh, really, do it? Do we need to say these things? Yeah. You know, we know we're going to San Marino. We know the part timers. We're not going to dominate. We're never going to win. Even with the catastrophe, you know, many years ago that not everyone remembers when. Um, we needed to beat them 8-0 and they were 1-0 up after eight seconds, which yes. was the greatest <laughs> yeah. international goal at the time until yeah. Benteke surpassed it, fortunately. So that's not on our on our record anymore. But, you know, yeah. it, it was an absolute given and it, 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 it is a ridiculous situation that we sort of face ourselves. And, and like you say, I totally agree that, you know, you want to go to somewhere like Spain or have them at our place and it, it really means something and be a big game because you you all get engrossed in that and I don't, I don't know how many people did get engrossed in that last night you know and even the you know the Albania game on Friday I mean to be fair they just they never sat back they came at us and it worked perfectly yeah. um, I mean, and, and it was easy pickings. I mean, no disrespect to to the to Dan, but he, he was doing a watch along last night on his channel, and I and I went in towards the end, and and I, Dan and me, we're great, we're, we're brothers from different mothers, you know, we got on really well. But let me just say, when I went to join him, uh, I doubled his audience. <laughs> that was how how bad it was. And sorry, Dan, you know, and I think that's no disrespect to Dan. I just think it's the fact that 
it was the game that it was. And mm. I'd forgotten that I had to do this for, for the BBC by last night, and I was typing it out because um, I did a show uh, with West Ham at seven. And and I came on, and I was typing it all out. And whilst I was typing, I went, oh, yeah, and England are six still up, and it's all over. And, oh, no, it's seven now. And then I would get two paragraphs down. No, now they've gone eight nil up. Yeah, and it was literally yeah. just like a, a commentary on the game. I mean, you look at – and we'll, we'll go through it in, in, in some more detail in a second. But, you know – and that was, yes, that was before yesterday's game. Of course, um, San Marino are now minus 45. Gibraltar, oh. no points. Liechtenstein, one point. But, you know, if we go through it, group by group, I mean, San Marino, in their history, have got one point. <laughs> you know, that... And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have a national team, but it's like... I, the excitement for me of the Euros, as much as it was England getting through to the finals and obviously following England, mm. it was North Macedonia. And then yeah. you know, we joke about Brad saying that they're going to win it and what have you. But, you know, the fact that these smaller clubs, uh, teams and what have you, South America, I can remember Peru getting through to the Cup fi- uh, World Cup finals. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. I did. You know, and... That was the oh, the teams that you don't normally see at these competitions. Yeah. You know yeah. when they, you know, like in Cameroon. I mean, that was on yes. a bit ITV four the other day, the Cameroon yeah. England yeah. quarterfinal. Those are the games I want to see, but in the final, you know, in you know, and it gives them. Surely they're going to get more out of getting to the final and maybe losing all the games than not even ever getting to a final at all. Yeah, I mean, like you, you've mentioned two teams there. We talked about San Marino last night, and then you look at Gibraltar, and, and they should be playing each other, and they should be looking yeah. at each other. And, and I think, really think there should be some, some leagues before the actual qualifications start where they do actually go through a process. Uh, and you might have some teams who might not happy, you know, be happy to be in there, um, that, but they need to be, and they need to show that they can qualify to play against the bigger teams and maybe have some chance of making an upset. Cameroon's a great example. I remember that, yeah. you know, well as a young lad. I mean, what a fantastic, you know, watching them beat. Oh, thank you. Made me feel very old He was like <laughs> the best thing ever in, in those days. But these aren't anywhere close to that. These aren't ever going to be upsets. It's no. never going to be anything other than a walk in the park. The expense for taking a team over there to play against them is again, another, you know, ridiculous in this day and age, we're talking about climate change and all that kind of thing. We've taken all those players over there for, for not really any reason whatsoever. So I do think they should have more localized for the lower teams to qualify. And if they can do manage to do that, then fair enough, give them their chance with the bigger boys, but you know, not, not as blanketed as this is now when, it's not just our 10 nil result. There's a lot of very, very easy results that we don't really want to watch, to be honest, because it's not entertaining no. at all. No. And and I'm talking to Cameroon, who who could forget Roger Miller's famous corner flag? Yeah, um, absolutely. You know. I, re- I remember the foul best when the... Uh, I can't remember who it was now. It's quite famous. Was it Castillo or something like that? He, he got fouled once, then twice, and then the third one really just took him out and got a red card. But it was yeah. anything just not to concede a goal. And it was like yeah. something that the world of football had never seen before. And it was just like unbelievable. Uh, and Ant's so, comment there, I, rec- I reckon you could, Ant's. No worries at all, mate. Yeah. I think you might have got a hat trick and took the ball over. <laughs> Two things, though, Ant. First of all, would you have done the Roger Miller dance at the corner <laughs> flag? 
and B, it certainly wouldn't have been a headed goal because you'd have probably been the smallest person on the pitch. Sorry, yeah. Ant. Sorry. Terrible, Ant. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> Ant knows. He, uh, <laughs> he, he does interviews. He takes a stepladder with him to interviews. <laughs> um, uh, Ankit says here, uh, no disrespect to San Marino. Not at all. Not at my all. Da- my daughter's no in. Hi, Heather. You're all right. Um, yeah. There's, there's no disrespect at all to these lower teams. It, you know, they're put in a position where we're saying to them, you know, can you, you know, can you go in this league? And they're going, oh, oh, great. Yeah, of course they are. There's revenue for them. There's all the bits and bobs that come with it. it it's the, whether it's, it, there's a purpose to it. And it doesn't seem, it doesn't really seem now that there is, you know, and that's the, the sticking point. I respect every team that puts it in, you know, there's teams, playing international football now that maybe 30 years ago didn't have an international team and so much yeah. more power to them that they are doing. But it's this thing of, you know, are these worthwhile fixtures? And, you know, it doesn't seem that they are. Yeah. And says here, uh, I'd sooner watch uh, grass grow than England play these pointless games. <laughs> probably been, That is probably more exciting, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. uh Rene, good evening. How the devil are you? Uh, just waiting for Spider Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll I, 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 until Spider Man, Rene. We'll, we'll keep you entertained until Spider Man arrives. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, Rene. As soon as you are waiting for Spider Man, um, let me let me just do this for you. Maybe this will keep you going until then. Oh, people think this program is just thrown together. <laughs> it so is. Um, um, let's have a look here. Um, <laughs> and says, imagine how shit you must have to be not to make the squad for San Marino. <laughs> <You know. laughs> I'm, I'm surprised they don't actually all wear shirts with the companies on the back, like, you know, Joe's yeah. Taxi Company. They could have a bit of advertising. Uh, and Kit says, um, Roger Miller was hot. Um, uh, he was. He was. He was yes. different crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Terry said he's already put his question in. He's done it because he fell asleep watching England. But, I mean, if we if we just um, well, we just go back up here. I can't. No, I, I, I've lost it. We'll come back. To that. But looking at the groups as we did, let me just get rid of Roger Miller in the nicest possible way. Uh, I mean, if we go through the groups just very quickly. I mean, Group A, Azerbaijan bottom with one point. Mm-hmm. Um, group B, Kosovo bottom, but at least they got five points. Uh, well done, Kosovo. Lithuania actually won a game, but they came bottom of Group C with three points. Um, Kazakhstan, three points, bottom of, of their group. Uh, Belarus, three points, bottom of their group. Uh, and the thing is, all these, like, like uh, Estonia were just above Belarus, and they've won one. And the, But they're, they're, the teams they're beating are the ones, that are, like you said, that are in their so same sort of Pot, if you like. Mm. I think the thing, the thing is, we, we, we've touched on it a little bit, is that um, these teams that are all at the bottom, they're all probably nearly around the same level, and that's where they need to be playing. So if, if we want to encourage in international mm. teams of smaller populations, smaller countries, 
to flourish, there is no point in them playing against England, Spain, Italy, France, you know, you know, name all the better teams, the Swedens and all that. They're not going to learn anything because they're literally going to go out on the pitch to try and stop that team scoring. They're not learning anything. They're not no. progressing whatsoever. I was amazed on Friday with Albania, who didn't actually do that and actually came at us, which just made it so easy for us because we could, in that first half, pick round yeah. them. So my, my point is with the lower teams, if we put them in different groups and said, right, you guys are in these groups, you know, going on rankings or, you know, which I want think is the obvious way to go but putting them in leagues on rankings and they play each other to try and qualify to come and play with the bigger boys they're going to learn far much more as international managers and international players about tactics and how to beat a team and how to defend against a team who's literally nearly on their level do you know what I mean? You're not you're not going to learn from somebody who is mild, you know, so much worse than you, and you're not going to learn anything from someone who is so much better than you. It's a different thing. The one who's so much worse than you, it's like an England San Marino. The one that's uh, so much better than you, you're just going to think, you know, how do we keep these out? We we'll sit on the uh, you know 18 yard box, get the barbecue out, cook some sausages, <laughs> and you know, and, and see how long we can hold out for. So there's no yeah. learning curve for those teams. So these. They're not only a waste of time for England to play against San Marino, it's a waste of time for a San Marino to play against England for their development, yeah. in my opinion. Facebook I mean, news are high, Peter. No, you, you, you're, totally, you're totally right. I mean, just, I mean, I don't know what's happened with North Macedonia, where they have come from, but, you know, they came second to Germany in their group. So mm. if they get through, you know, through the playoffs and get in, it will be great to see them again. And they've knocked out Romania, who not so long yeah, ago... Of course, made us look look silly. And in our group, you know, we've come top. Uh, Poland have come second. But Albania, in all fairness, we're only two points behind Poland. And I would have loved to have seen Albania yeah, in the World Cup absolutely. final instead of Poland. You know, um, and I, you know, I, I go back to those years when we didn't qualify for World Cup finals and Euros. And yes, it's disappointing because what do you do for? Five minutes. You certainly don't go off and support Scotland if they're in it. Um, I, I I had this thing the other day, and um, just going off topic for a little bit here. And and there's a um, uh, Connor from America, bless him, and he knows it's banter, but he he was saying like Scotland are doing well, they're in the playoffs. He said we still hope that Harvey Barnes might declare for Scotland because he's not going to get in the England team. And I said, well, why would he want to ru ruin his career? And he said. He said, why? I went, well, Scotland. And then Ankit, um, not Ankit, sorry, uh, Nippon comes on and he says, um, Chris, you should respect Scotland. And I said, why? They're our rivals. And he went, ah, I, don't, I don't consider Scotland a rival. I'm like, serious? You know, it's the oldest rivalry. It was the first ever international game. But it's this sort of, I suppose it's the TV companies again, you know, England are in a competition. We have to support, I can remember, Jack Charlton's Northern Earth era because they were in it. Uh, but would they support us if they weren't in it and we were in it? Would they bugger? <laughs> no, no, not at all. No. And I've got a big thing about that with Scott. I mean, I've always been, as a kid growing up, you know, not knowing the history of the countries, obviously. But yeah. you know, if, 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 if England weren't playing, I'd want one of the own nations to win. And that, you know, in that I'm talking about, obviously not the home nation, but I'm talking about Republic of Ireland, Ireland, you know, Wales, Scotland. I, I would always want that team to win. But then you sort of now, as I get older and you realise the hatred, you know, and the yeah. lack of support for us and you yes. think, 
Yeah, why not? I would have always wanted Scotland. I mean, I remember where, you know, Archie Gemmell scoring that goal in the World Cup. Was oh. it 78? And it was like, yes. I can remember it's cheering that on as I'd have been a seven-year-old lad. I know you'd have been a lot older yeah. than that then, Chris, but uh, I was honest. <laughs> I was only seven. Oh, just remember, uh, I've got the mute button here. I've got the mute button. But no, it was a great, it was a great goal. And I, I think been, against, yeah, I was cheering that on, Chris. That's my point. I was cheering on, and you know, I think yes, the, the hatred exactly. is historical, and I, I, yeah. I don't understand modern people now. I've got Scottish friends, and it just goes way over my head. And I would normally, you know, want them to do well, and yeah. it's a shame they don't want us to. But um, you know, I it's. Mean, uh, you know, I shout Wales on, I shout Ireland on, you know, I just want anyone, you know, in our nation to go, to go and do well. So, you know. I mean, there's, the, there's, there's the old saying, isn't there, that um, whoever um, England are playing, Scotland want them to win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I'm yeah, kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of, don't get me wrong, we're, we're, not, we're not, I mean, all respect to where it's all due and respect to them for beating Denmark yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I love that goal from Gemmel. It was amazing. Probably one yeah. of the best World Cup goals I've seen. Mm-hmm. And again, but it's from a team. It meant more because it was from a team like Scotland, not from a Brazil or a Holland or, or somebody mm-hmm. like that. But I can't cheer them on. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I want. I, I fell out with fans of Wales and Scotland during the Euros because I was cheering when they got knocked out. Mm-hmm. And but they cheer when we get knocked out. It's just the closest, the you know, the closest allies. But like I say, to me, I would much, you know, who would want to, you know, Poland, yes, it's Poland again they're in, but it's Albania could have been in. They've never been in a World Cup or a Euros before. Mm. You know, the Slovakia, I'm all right, they were, they were quite way behind Russia, but they were third in their group. I don't know if they might be in the playoffs, I think, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, Israel nearly got them. They were, they were behind behind Scotland. Um yeah, but the Faroe Islands in there, Jesus, you know. Um, I mean, Wales have come second uh, in their group. Uh, Finland nearly got through. They only just fa- uh, failed, yes. It would be great to have these teams in it, but it's money, isn't it? It is money. It, is, I, it, it ruins everything, Chris. It really does ruin absolutely everything. And, you know, we'd all love to see the underdog come through like you said about Albania wouldn't it be great mm. if you know they come through it's like Greece winning the Euros and you know yes. the Cameroons in the World Cups and it's yeah. always nice to see that one team come through but they do have some strength when they do come through and I think what we've been talking about earlier is teams that haven't got any strength you know they really mm. are on a par quite below you know every yes. you know the rest of you know the the league that the that they're faced in and but you do want the people who maybe have got two or three or four, you know, maybe more players that 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 year or in this batch of players are, mm. you know, performing or are of, of the ability. They might be, you know, decent clubs and they're, they're going to punch through. And I think we all like to see that because we, like, we all like the underdog story. Yeah. I mean, when, well, being Leicester, definitely do. I mean, when, <laughs> we're, when we're playing Albania, I mean, I was surprised because the, the commentator, I, say, I, hadn't, I wasn't watching it intently but it was on mm. and i was doing something for on the computer uh, don't know not that before you say anything <laughs> um, just in case you you're thinking and i know what your mind's like but no i um but i could hear that oh this albanian was playing in this league and this and i was back thinking my god he's playing in like the german league all right wasn't one mm. of the top teams but but fair fair play to them and i i could say i just 
I, I support England, and let's be honest with you, you know, like you said, none of us particularly like Harry Kane. He always gets a goal against us, but if he scores the winner in the World Cup final, we'll, we'll love him forever, sort of thing. Yeah, that's football. When we get to the finals, I love it, but if we can't get out of these groups, then something is, is desperately wrong, and I'm afraid mm. the groups are fixed for these big teams to get through. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I mean, it's slightly different to what you're talking about, Chris Fornis, but and it's one of my grabs because I'm not saying I'm not a Southgate fan, but I feel like after the Euros, he needed to look at the way he does things and change it a bit. And I don't see that it's changed at all. And my problem with the uh, Albania game on Friday is that, you know, five nil up at half time, we're, we're coasting. And in the, in the second half, we sort of sat back off it. And this is classic Southgate when we go up against bigger teams. Um, and we sat back and then they pressed us a bit in the second half and we couldn't pass through the press. And that's really worrying to me that as a, an England team of these quality premiership players cannot pass through an Albanian team who are pressing us because they've got a bit of energy. And I find that really, really disturbing in the fact of how far can we go in international football if that's the case. And, and the other big example of this was the Euros was uh, when we played the Ukraine and for, I think it was three minutes something that the Ukraine didn't have a kick and they couldn't get near us and we scored mm. the early goal. And then they had 15 minutes of possession because we sat off it. And we do that time and time again. And it's a, I think it's a real bad habit and it comes from Gareth. I know it does. And that's the one thing that I would rather him change his ways and be on the front foot because how can the Ukraine have 15 minutes possession when we've just like, they can't get near us. They've not had a touch of the ball for three minutes and we're going to score. And then they have 15 minutes. I just don't get that. And it was the same with Italy. Uh, and it's the same the other night and against Albania of all teams that we cannot pass through their press. Uh, and that's where we suffer with the with the better teams that we come against. We look great against the, you know, the lesser teams. We can pass yeah. the ball. We can keep the ball. We can find a way through them. Uh, going back, you know, to, to the Belgium game, I think it was, I don't know, it was the Euros, the World Cup. We did great against other teams and we came up against Belgium and we kept it at the back, but we couldn't progress up the pitch because we weren't good enough and quick enough passing the ball. And it, it's sticking out like a sore thumb, this pragmatism that he has as a coach. And I think, as as in the Euros, it got us so far, it's never, ever, ever going to get us all the way. And that's why I don't understand why he's not looked at himself and thought, I need to change this. I mean, just looking here, uh, I just brought some information up about England managers. I didn't even realise that we were we actually took part in a Nations League twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. We came we came ninth apparently. I don't even <laughs> remember those games, you know. But to me, and and I've got your your question there, Scott. I'm going to bring it up in a minute. But I'm looking at Gareth Southgate, and I, I, he's a Marmite manager in a way because. He does get a lot of hate, and I'll say hate a lot of you know people not not support. I, I, as a fan, I'm 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 very much on the Southgate inside because mm. at the end of the day, we've had a lot worse, and you know he has got us to fourth in the uh, 2018 World Cup, third in the in the Nations League, following that, second in the Euros, okay, ninth in in the, this Nations League, but they are glorified friendlies. What you know, what apart from winning it, you know, he the first time we beat Germany in a competitive match in the Euros, you know, mm -hmm. 
got us through to the first final since since the Alf, you know. Yeah. First time we beat any team 10-0, you know. And there was a time, let's be honest with you, when they were the regular scores against these sort of teams. Yeah. I don't see... I get what you're saying, but... Let me ask you this, then. If you, if you were to get rid of him, who would you have in his place? Eddie Al. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What has he won, though? What has he won? Yeah, well, he's not. He's not, but he's taken a team from minus something points in the bottom tier and brought them all the way up to the Premier League on the on the most minimalistic budget and kept them in there for quite a few years. And I, I sort of know where you're going to come from when you sort of speak to me, Chris. And I, I've spoke to people about this, about the Newcastle job. And I'm sort of saying, I hope he gets it and I hope he flourishes. Yeah, him flourishing, I don't think it's a guarantee. I think as a Newcastle fan, I think they'll welcome him because they know he's a good coach. But would you have wanted someone like a Conte who has got the personality? And that, you know, that's for me, that's his his only thing that is a very unassuming, but apparently a very um sharp tactical, you know, no stone left unturned, mm. very detailed coach. And I hope that really comes out in the fact that of the way he turns the team around now after the international break, but the signings that hopefully he can make. And, and obviously, I mean, Newcastle actually need to get out of this position they're in, which isn't easy. You know, yeah. they've, got to, they've got to win a couple of games just to be within breathing space. And every time you don't win a game, that pressure just really mounts and mounts and mounts. But would they be like, obviously, Unai Emery turned it down, massive personality, mm. you know, yeah. on the touchline, as he is himself. And, and that in itself shouldn't be a conversation just because someone's a big personality. But you feel like if someone bigger had come into the club, you'd probably think, do you know what? He's going to get them out. Eddie Howe, I think, will get them out, but it, mm. I don't think it's guaranteed. And it's the same with, I've always said he's a future England manager, so he's probably not quite ready now. Yes. Yeah. Of all, yeah. Do you know? And I, and I get that, Chris. But I'd agree with I that. I feel yeah. of all the people, do we look to another foreigner, which I don't want to see. I want to see an England no. man managing the England team. And of all the England managers at the moment, we've got a few good young ones coming through. I think he's the pick of the bunch for the for what he's done. And I would love in six months' time to be vilified by the fact that yeah. Newcastle are halfway up the table and we're all going, yeah, Julian, you were quite right on that one. Uh, I mean, That's I, not guaranteed I, by any stretch. Of honest. course, no. I mean, you know me. I, I, in fairness, I'm an Eddie Howe convert because I've seen what he's done, as you know, yeah. down here in Bournemouth. Uh, I, do, I don't think he was... Uh, maybe the signing that Newcastle wanted, and yeah. I think he's a bit a bit like um, Nuno at Tottenham. You know, he knows he's yeah. not the first choice there, which yeah. is always a problem. He will get the fact the players on on his side uh, because mm. he's that sort of personality. But I don't think he's going to be the manager that takes them and wins necessarily wins things with them. I think he's yeah. he's almost like a stopgap manager that was yeah. going to go in and. Um, Keep them up, give them a couple of year seasons mid-table security, because I mean we know the owners aren't looking for anything instant. But then yeah. there'll be somebody bigger come in mm. that will take them that that next step. That mm. said, and as much as I praise and you know I I I I don't want a foreign manager. I mean Capello actually had a he had actually had a better win rate than than Southgate, but of course we know it was a disaster when he uh, when he got there. But I just want an England manager. But you, I, I'm kind of contradicting myself here because I'm saying what have they won? But then, in fairness, what did Gareth Southgate win? 
correct. As, as a manager, correct. absolutely nothing. In fact, yeah. I think he got something. And, got and was a poor, he was a poor club manager, Chris. Yes, yes. He's never yes. had any success whatsoever no. at club level. And the problem I have with the FA is they want the man that ticks the box before they want the man that's going to go and win them the World Cup. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think if you look at um, Brian Clough, I mean, that is the, 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 who knows what we could have won with him, but he was never, never going to get it, you know. Um, Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp, yeah. There was a a time when he was touted and we all thought, I remember thinking, oh my, I hope he gets it. It was never, it was never going to happen. Terry Venables. Yeah. You know, what could, you know, where he took us to, and we all know how close we came to getting into that final. And if we got to the mm. final, I think we would have won it. He could have taken us on, but because he had that little bit of a a, a do with uh, Alan Sugar, and, and it, yeah. he had to, oh, you know, that mm. that's that's the FA. But yeah, a good club manager doesn't necessarily make a good international yeah. manager. And in reply to you, Scott, that leads me very nicely on to the fact of. Would I take Southgate as the next Leicester manager? No. <laughs> I think you can tell Julian's answer in that as well. Because um, you, you, again, a good national manager doesn't make a good club manager. They are two different animals. And occasionally you will get a manager that will cross over there. Terry mm. Venables, for example, you know. Um, you know, Roy Hodgson was supposed to be this amazing savior that's played and managed. Well, sorry, he's managed abroad, so he knows the you know the mentality and all that. And he was he was rubbish as well, wasn't he? So, um, and just to um, Scott said he wanted Brendan Howe was on his short list before we got uh, um, Brendan Rogers, possibly. But then mm-hmm. our expectations pre-Brendan Rodgers were different to what they are now. Uh, mm. And he might have been... And I think, as I say, with Eddie Howe at Newcastle, I think you want to be the manager that takes over from Eddie Howe. Mm. Um, this last one, before we move on to, to Scotland, um, Chris, would you choose to support... Who would you choose to support if Wales versus Scotland occurred? I probably would watch... Andorra play Albania on, <laughs> on Channel 5 or something instead of having to watch that game. Um, I, I wouldn't be, I would really wouldn't be bothered. I couldn't drum up. I'd watch one of those games. I'd watch and go, yeah, okay, Wales have won or okay, Scotland have won. You know, I wouldn't. If, if I had to, I'd probably slightly edge for Wales because I, I dislike them less than I dislike Scotland. <laughs> Uh, but what about you? Who, who would you pick, Julian? Uh, well, do you know what? I'm, I'm just like, I think it'd be Wales because I just hear all this, you know, it's all just bad mouthing from Scotland. And it's all to do with obviously things that happened hundreds of years ago just seem to have yeah. carried on. And it, it's nothing to do with us now. Like I say, I've got friends who are Scottish and we get on great. And, you know, the history is not a problem. But for some yeah. of them, it's deep rooted. And, you know, it really spills over, and I just think, what's the point now? You know, we've we're we're all a nation together with the United Kingdom, and if if you don't want to be the United Kingdom, fair enough. And you know, the way they sort of, you know, I see all the pictures of them wearing shirts of the you know the opposition we're playing. All right, crack on with it, and you know, I'll yeah. probably go for Wales every time, or or if not, I hope the ref has a great game. 
Yeah. Uh, Facebook user says, um, is in with me here. I hate both. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. But two things, Scotland. A, we want our goalpost back. <laughs> you still got those. Uh, those of you that are old enough to remember that. And B, I'm afraid, I'm with Donald Trump on this one. I think we should rebuild the wall and, and let, let the Scots stay north of the Adrian's Wall and we'll stay south of Adrian's Wall. Hey, that's getting on to another topic, though. We will go talking to Scotland before we build the wall and we can get in there. We'll come back and talk Scotland straight after this. Indeed, coming soon, a whole apparel of Leicester Till I Die wear. And I know Julian can't wait to get his hands on. Absolutely. Um, yes. Uh, a beanie. I can see you in a beanie. I'm looking <laughs> at the hoodies, if I'm honest, Chris. The hoodies look very nice, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they do. With Leicester Till I Die. Um, may, maybe the fact that I want to see you in a beanie, maybe I shouldn't be talking about that. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's an, another time and another place. <laughs> Can I just say, when I said I want to see you in a beanie, it's not just a beanie. I did, you know, <laughs> you knock on my door, you know, yeah. front foot cheer, you know, hello, you know, <laughs> looking like a big pen, you know. Yeah. But um, I think we should move on, don't you, Scotland? <laughs> um, and I know Scotland did well that, you know, but that's the national side. I was interested to see what sort of response Rangers fans gave to Stephen Gerrard when he did exactly what Brendan Rodgers did to Celtic. And if you've got two managers here, and as I've said there, how bad is Scottish football? Is it only big in the minds of Scottish football fans? And, and so it should be, you know, and we can say, you know, the Austrian league is big in Austria, but obviously compared to the Premier League, and all this sort of like, oh, Celtic reserves are bigger than Leicester, you know, Chris Sutton, you know. <laughs> and yet, managers that go up there can't wait to leave. You know, Brendan jumped at the first chance he got to come down to Leicester, which you could argue about the size of the clubs. Villa aren't a big club now compared to what they used to be. Yes, they've got the history, but you would have to say you're going to probably win more short-term at Rangers. But Stephen Gerrard couldn't wait. And it's not even like, with, with at least with Brendan, it was only 10 weeks to go. Here, it's it's more over half the season, you know, two-thirds of the season. And, and, and Stephen Gerrard comes sort of scuttling down. You know, I just... It, it, it's the papers. Rogers quit Celtic, bye-bye Blues. It, it seems to happen all the time. And... We've seen, we've had Scottish managers at, at Leicester and probably Jock Wallace aside, who, who was um, mm, yeah. one on his own, you know, uh, uh, if you go further back, maybe, but Craig Levine, for example, I mean, my God, you know, oh, yes. Dear. Yeah, did well. At, I mean, what does it say about Scottish football? Um, listen, I, I think... Scottish football is important, obviously, in Scotland. I think we've all known, I mean, from from our, when I was a lad, there's only been really two teams competing for the league, and they're the two, obviously, the two major clubs. And, mm -hmm. and that's a shame for 
you know, the sport up there as a whole that, you know, and, and every now and then, like, I think, was it Ferguson's Aberdeen popped their head up at yeah. the time and, yeah. and they, were, they did well in Europe in the late 80s. Um, so but there is that issue that it's those two clubs and it's how do you get funding to the other clubs, I suppose. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how they can solve that, but, you know, if they're happy with their football, leave them with that. And I think what we're sort of talking about a bit more is that, you know, Chris Sutton, for me, got it absolutely 100% wrong uh, when he said that Celtic was a bigger club than, you know, than Leicester. You know, we've talked about this when we talk about Leicester in the top six or the top six club. They're yeah. not considered a top six club. Sky don't consider them. You know, we've, we've had this conversation many times. And I think it all goes down to history. So what Chris Sutton was talking about is that historically, you know, Celtic and Rangers... Uh, are a bigger club than Leicester, but they're not right now. Not at all. You know, no. Celtic were a force in Europe, you know, 30, 40 years ago. They're not anymore. You know, they're, they're, they're sort of in the qualifying rounds of European competition at best. And so are Rangers who have done this well un, un, under Gerrard. So for Chris to say that, what he did when, when Brendan came down, I thought it was, it was you know, probably because he's played up there and he, he was yeah. supporting that, you know, that that sort of, Area, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. We all know that the Premier League, we I think we would all say the best league in the world, biggest yes. league in the world. You know, everybody watches the Premier League, and so the clubs are bigger. And I've got no problem with you know, Brendan had a he went to Liverpool, which was a big club for him at the time after he'd done well at Swansea. It didn't work out, he's gone to Scotland, you know. Um, I don't ever want to say that he did it at a canter, but he found it quite easy that year in, year out, obviously with Rangers out of the picture at the time, mm. it wasn't a difficult job for him. He got a good reputation from it. And he's actually come down to probably, the, as we've spoke about many times before, the perfect club for him. Stephen Gerrard, his first job in football, obviously other than coaching, you know, the teams at, the, the other teams at Liverpool, not the first team though. To get that job for him was fantastic and he has done a great job and I think all the Rangers supporters whatever they think right now should be grateful that he has absolutely turned that round he's got them playing well he's got them competing they won the league they were unbeaten and they should wish him all the best because yeah. at the end of the day whatever they think about Rangers and Celtic historically being these massive clubs Villa and Leicester for me are bigger than Rangers and Celtic right now and any manager who was managing Celtic and, and Rangers would come to either of our clubs because yes, yeah. in the biggest league in the world and that everybody wants that opportunity. And he's really going to have to, you know, he's going to test himself now. It's going to be no easy thing for Steven Gerrard, but he's looked for me so composed in the hot seat up there. And it wasn't easy when he first went. And that's why I think mm. he's learned and developed and made a real good job of it. And it's probably now just the right time him to come and test himself if Bill is the right one to start with I'm not sure because you know mm. they are in a bit of bad form but you, you know yeah. you hope it is and we hope it becomes another good English manager from it I mean I, I do honestly think you know I, I wind you know I, I do tweet Chris Sutton a lot when Celtic lose and, and we win <laughs> and he never replies which I'm blaming really um Terry says that uh, Terry's got a hairy haggis, but I think you can get treated for that, Terry. <laughs> if not, see your doctor. Um, I think I think Chris Sutton was a little bit tongue in cheek when he said that because let's face it, as pundits, they have to say a lot. You know, they have. You know, somebody said to me once, you know, so you, you never, you know, you contradict yourself so much on you know in your Facebook group, and I said, but that's the idea. I'm not saying my opinion. I'm saying to get you guys 
you know talking so but i think you know he's, he's going to be he's going to be stuck with that i mean rangers fans and and you know, I noticed Celtic fans did this with sort of Brendan Rodgers. Always oh, said it was his dream job, and and he's a club he supported as a kid. And then you've got Gerard coming out a couple of weeks ago, being interviewed, asked if he was happy at Rangers. He said, "Look at this face. Do I look happy? Well, then why are you asking? You know." <laughs> and then within a couple of weeks, he's he's gone. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what annoys them. And I guess it would annoy me. At Leicester, I mean, you know, we got we got Brendan at the moment being linked with Man United and every, you know every other team that, that's going, you know. And I know, in fairness, I suppose that he's going to go. We know he, we know yeah. at some point he is going to go. But you know, even Alex Ferguson when he came down, would he get the time these days that no. he got given back? Not then? at all. Not at all. No. No, and I think you know if Brendan does leave and there's all these rumours to flying about, he will re- he'll regret it. He'll think I'm going to take this opportunity, and if it comes off, great. And I tell you what, it won't come off. I can absolutely I say that with a lot of confidence. He's said it many a time. He's in the right place right now. <clears throat> for us, I think Eddie Howe would be a great fit for our club because he would yeah. get the time, and I think he would develop at Leicester. Whether he gets that opportunity at Newcastle, we're not too sure. Uh, Brendan to leave us to go to another club in um, in England, which would obviously be a supposed higher team, absolute mm. disaster. And he will have his tail between his legs uh, within 18 months. Uh, and, and But I still think he'll do it. I still think he's probably got the ambition, maybe a bit of ego that says, you know what, I feel I can go and do that again. I nearly did it at Liverpool. Uh, I think he'd be a complete mug. I'll go on record saying that now and I'll stand by that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with, with Gerard. It's a good opportunity. It is a biggish club, you know. They've got a bit of a war chest for him to spend with the Grealish, you know, mm. with the Grealish cash. Um, you know, Dean Smith brought in actually two or three really good players. They've just just not seen that, you know. They've not hit the ground running just yet. Maybe Stephen can put that together. I don't think they're a bad team. I think they've got some good players. They've just had a bad run, and any team in the Premier League can have a bad run. You know, Man United have had a bad run. And, yes. You know, and, he, and he's still in the job. And, you know, for Dean Smith, I feel really sorry for him. Um, you know, he, he did a great job getting him up and he's kept him up. And I, I know they had that season where they stayed up by the skin of the teeth. But since that, I think he's done a fantastic job. And to, to go through five results and say, right, we're changing the manager, you know, and I'm so pleased he's gone in at Norwich. And, you know, I hope, I hope, he, I hope he turns it around. I'd, I'd absolutely love that. That's where... My support goes out to people in a season like yeah. this. Dean Smith keep Norwich up. I'd absolutely love that at the expense of someone else. That would that would be, that would be the second coming, I think. If they <laughs> to do that, <laughs> you know. I mean, Scotland here, FIFA World Rankings. They're below Iran. They're below the Korea Republic, and that may have changed after last night. And this is Wikipedia, so do do forgive us. But that, uh, I mean, you know that. Yeah, keep it below Iran and the and the Korean Republic, but just looking at um, you know the last time Celtic Rangers did not win Scottish top flight, like we said, like you said before, was that yeah, 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 nineteen eighty four, eighty five, and then you look at the Scottish top flight winners, Rangers fifty five, Celtic fifty one, Aberdeen mm. four, Hearts four. I mean, that's a huge gap. And mm. with the cup wins, it's it's still a big gap, but it's not, you know. And people say about the domination of the the, the so-called big six in, in our league, but it's not that bad, you know. That's what gets no. me You're going from no. fifty-one to four, you mm. know. And you're thinking like, 
any manager, yes, you will get a manager that will go there and think, yeah, but I can win this, I can win this, I can win this, and it will look good, etc. But if he really wants to test himself, it's not the place to be, is it? No, and I think any manager that does go there, I mean, I'm not saying it's a reprieve, that sounds really, really terrible, but maybe quite true. But I think they'll be there hoping to do well to get, you know, the carrot um, to, um, you know, to go back down to the Premier League. That will yeah. be the thing. If I go up here and do a really good job, am I going to get a Premier League job? And that's what they're looking out for. So I don't think anyone sees that going up there as long term. So, yeah. um and, and Scott, yeah, I've recorded that. Can I rest on? Of course you can, mate. Don't worry about it. You know, we're all talking the truth on here, mate. It's all it's all good by me. So uh... it was quite funny because the other night um, we were doing the prediction show with Steve Linux, and uh, he, he came down. He said, "Well, the next two games, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go for now." And it's whoever's playing Arsenal and who's ever playing Tottenham because I just hate those two clubs. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're honest, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Frank Lampard, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Frank Lampard did all right at Chelsea with what he had. Mm. Yeah, he then couldn't maybe handle it when he, he had the money to spend. Mm. But again, you know, you talk about this is Chelsea and their expectations are different mm. to us, but. Scott, you know, they always went about with Scotland, Rangers, Celtic. They wouldn't come, you know, if they came down to this league, Premier League, they wouldn't do well. I think at the moment <laughs> they won't do as bad as Norwich. No, no. <laughs> they probably wouldn't do as bad as, no disrespect, you know, a few of the clubs, Watford, Burnley, Newcastle at the moment. But mm. they wouldn't be, they certainly wouldn't be the top six. It would be like these huge fishes. You know, going out of a pond and going into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and what if, what if they did a Sunderland and what if they did a Man City? And you know, so this this model works. If they come into our league in the competitive, what if they get relegated and then players mm. leave and then they get relegated again to Division One? And you've got Celtic or Rangers in Division One in England, you know, League One. Yeah. What 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 happens then? You know, it's an absolute disaster on every level, commercially. You know, mm. as a PR thing, you know, for what everyone wants to do. So I, I can't see that happening. You know, the Super League was coming about, which is another thing, but that just, you know, got, you know, rightly so, got kiboshed really quickly. Yeah. And that's the only other, other way you could see, you know, the top Scottish teams in a, in a top division. It's just not going to happen. They're going to have to, you know, cope with their league. And like you said, the thing with ours is that we've got these supposed top six, but then we've also got, you know, Palace under Vieira, all of a sudden after yeah. a shaky start, showing a bit of form and the causing yeah. teams loads and loads of problems. You know, Brighton are up there and this is the beauty of our league and that's what they've not got there. They've got, as you've shown with the stats, who's won that league in the last X amount of years, Celtic Rangers, and then every now and then someone else has shown up where it's so much different in England at the moment. Yeah. On that point, Julian says there, would they be allowed or would they have to start at the bottom? You know, they always say it would never happen, but we've got Wrexham, we've got Swansea. Um, mm. And I don't think they would start that low. Simply no, no, because, no. I don't. You know, the money. Again, you're talking about, you know, the, the yeah. FA have just signed a new deal. They signed a new deal with BBC, IT, uh, BBC, um, Amazon, Sky, BT. Yeah. Didn't put the price up. I think they're almost doubling it with what they're going to charge America to view it. So yeah. they still see this huge big cash cow 
and they know that Rangers and Celtic, they've got the fan base to, 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 to bring that in. So, no, I think I think they would start the start up there. Yeah. So just what we're saying from looking at that those you know that those stats there. I mean, you know, when you look at the blue Rangers and, and the green Celtic on that pie mm. chart, you know, you can see who ate all the pies, can't you? I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, but compare. I mean, it, like I said, it is a huge jump. And when you compare that to England, I mean, Man United, yes, they've won 20, Liverpool 19, then you've got Arsenal 13, Everton 9, City Villa 7, Chelsea 6, Leicester 1, yes, I had to put that on at the bottom. <laughs> there was a few in between, but I did have to add Leicester on there. But there's, there's not that gap. It is more competitive. Yeah, yeah. And you've just looked mm. at that stat there and there was, you know, Chelsea, you know, my favourites for this season from the beginning of the season. Mm whether they carry it, you know, through or not. Man City, obviously Man City, you know, they're going to, yeah. you know, change those stats in the next coming, you know, in the coming years, I'm yeah. sure they are. So, uh, you know, it, it is that different. And like we said, it is becoming a league where, you know, teams are slipping up against teams they didn't think they would be, but they are doing now. And, it, you know, it makes it a very interesting uh, league. What, what are yeah. Tottenham going to do with Conte? You know, I, I still mm. don't see this year, they're going to do any different, but can they come back next year? Because he really hit the ground running when, when he took over Chelsea. Having yeah. said that, he probably had a better squad than he's what he's got now. But, mm. you know, he, I'm sure he's had the conversation with Daniel Levy about what he needs and what he wants to bring in. So it'd be really interesting to watch the January window with Tottenham and see, you know, what kind of player they can attract as again with Newcastle. So a Newcastle going to become a force again because they came out of nowhere in the first place you know, in the 90s. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, all of a sudden we're forced. Blackburn did the same. You know, and that, that can happen time and time again. And we're going to see that time and time again. So, you know, like you say, I think the the, the Man U's and the Liverpool's, it's historically in the in the later years, but in the modern yeah. game, and particularly in the era of the Premier League, it's much more, you know, of a mix-up of uh, who can actually get over the line at the end of the season. And in fairness to, to Gerard, you know, and I think Rangers fans do actually accept this, that they love him because they did stop Celtic winning 10 in a row. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know. Listen, well, well, he went up there and his first job, and like I say, he's, he seems like a very unassuming kind of guy. He's gone up there and quietly got out about his job. He's executed it perfectly. He's given them a team to be proud of again because they've had so many years, you know, in the backdrop of, you know, what's happened with the financial mm -hmm. thing and the relegations and all that. And he's given them something to sing about and be proud about again. And they should always thank him for that. And they should yeah. never really, you know, stand in the way of what is his opportunity. They've got to think of he's a guy who's, if he's a plumber and he's been offered a lot more money to go and, you know, mend some uh, far more expensive mm. bathrooms than what he's fixing now. Yeah. You know, does yeah. he go on and do that? And that's what he's doing. He's trying to stretch himself. And, you know, I think we've all said about Gerard. He's probably a shoo-in for the Liverpool job, but this will be an interesting part of his career where we're all looking like he's done well at Rangers. Yeah, he's gonna, you know, he might take it after Klopp, but will he? Depends on what he does at Crystal. Uh, sorry, at Aston Villa. You yes, know, this is a real big yeah. thing for him now. He's not going to take this job lightly, and he really needs to do well at it because that dream of probably what he has got as an end game of managing Liverpool could absolutely fall by the wayside in the next couple of years depending on what he does at Villa. It's going to be really interesting viewing. It is, it is. On this topic, we're going to move on now to, to some questions, but we have got another footballer. I'm sorry, you're not the only expert in tonight, Julian. No way! 
Yes, we have another one. He isn't top totty. I'm going to admit that. He's not top totty. But we did ask this gentleman, and the question I put to him earlier, it was a pre-recorded answer, was, is Scottish football better than English? And this is what he said. <laughs> Apologize, I'm continuing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I, if I've got an excuse to play it, I will play it. I, I love that. Absolutely love. The guy should be on commission. He really should. But uh, I think I think we basically get the point that that if you if you're managing in the Scottish League, you're going to want to come down to uh, to England I ASAP. So. I think so, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's right. no disrespect to the Scottish League. It's the oh, fact totally, that it's, totally it's, it's progression. It's progression. <laughs> and that's where Chris got it wrong. It's progression. You know, the, yes. the Premier League is yes. a far bigger animal than the, than the Scottish Premier League. And if people want to ground themselves there, they're always going to be looking at, you know, can they get the opportunity to come down? And we've seen that with Brendan and Stephen. Yes. Great. So some questions now for you, Julian. Um, <laughs> Terry says here, in your pre-modeling phase, <laughs> did you did you have nominated penalty takers? No matter how long they'd been on the pitch, I revert. I refer to Vardy and the young England lads all missed. Um, good question, Terry. Um, I know. I think like you always had that person in the team who, who was going to mm. take penalties, and I know at, at Leicester it was it was Gary Parker, and obviously famously yeah. he took the one in the in the playoff final and. What a penalty it was, and what a man it was to to step up and do that. I mean, like yeah. absolutely incredible, you know, mental strength uh, for him to do it. But uh, I think if if um, if if Gary was on the pitch, he was he was the taker. And I know, I think I remember was it Steve Walsh took a, an absolutely horrific penalty, and it still went in. Was that against Tottenham? I, I I hope so, but I you know don't what, remember. No. You know, it, it was yeah. like the most. It was the worst mm. penalty of all time. I don't know if the keepers say it was just like an horrific penalty. But I mean, to be fair to all, she stood up. Uh, but it it was really really poor. I can't remember if it went in or not. Um, but it, it's it's a big big thing that he, no, he would claim it did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But no, normally Terry, you you would have. You know, it was always you had a penalty taker. And mm. if you didn't, it was plan B, you'd have another one. And it was unlikely that the two would be off the pitch at the same time. So yeah, and with, with us, it was always it was always Gary. And he and he, like I say, he was the big game player. I mean, he'd been at Villa, you know, he'd he'd, he'd, he'd been on that higher echelon to where we were at the time. Uh he was a big, big personality and everything at the club. And he was the he was the man to handle that situation and, and he and he did it. And like I say. For him to step up in that situation in the final when we're one nil down, you know, cracking on in the second half uh, to go and do what he did was like absolutely incredible. Yeah, even if he did get sent off against um, <laughs> Madrid for, for arguing with the ref or something stupid, know, Gary. But we we love you, Gary. We love you if we you do. watch. We it. do. We do love him. This is the fans' question section, um, and we're going to move on here to to Ankit, who may well. He's in India, so he may well be in bed now because it might be two in the morning or something, mm. bless him. Um, he says, hey, 
obviously being a Chelsea fan, but Jorginho missing a couple of penalties and all of a sudden he does not deserve Balloon d'Or at all. That's what fans are saying. Not that they're giving him giving it to him anyway. Should penalties matter as much, Julian? Uh, not not in that respect of the Ballon d'Or. It, it should be, yeah. you know, about what he's done on the pitch. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's just won a, a European, you know, championship. He's, he's, yeah. I, I really love him as a player. I think he's, he's fantastic. And I think he, you know, a shame. For, I, I thought he was good under Frank Lampard. I don't know what Tuchel did, but he, he seemed to really step up a notch and more mm-hmm. of his defensive duties when Tuchel come in and, uh, and, I, and I think it, it just it elevated him. The team's elevated, and I think he's a massive part of that. And do you know what? He should be considered. I'm, I'm actually bored of the Ballon d'Or nominations every year. I think oh, it's yeah. I think it's really a little bit. You know, if, if Messi gets nominated this year, whether he has or not, I don't even not even watched it. But I don't even know why he has. You know, fantastic player. What a career. But I've not really seen much this season where I'm like, oh, you know, he deserves that. And it and it's time that we sort of like recognise, you know, a bit of other talent. And for me at the moment, he's got to be one of the best midfielders in Europe. You know, he held that Italian yeah. team together right through that tournament. He was fantastic, you know, against England. He manages games and he gaffers games and he, he, he runs games. He's um, I talk to my son about this all the time and my frustrations about Pogba should run a game. Is that that much ability and physicality he should dominate games. And I don't think he does. And that's where the frustrations lie with Pogba. But I think Jorginho does. I think, yeah. you know, he's not got the size of Pogba, but he gets on the ball, he's important. He makes the decisive passes. He makes the easy passes. His all-round game's fantastic. And penalties, you know, you know whether he misses a penalty or not, <laughs> should not even, you know, get a glimmer of consideration in his consideration for, for that honour. But do you think it's like, you know, nine times out of ten, the Premiership manager of the season is always the man that's won the trophy. Yeah. You know, rather yeah, than, you know, was was it, um, did Pep get it last season when I think it probably should have gone to, you know, somebody like a the Leeds manager who's come up and kept the club up? Yeah, or, yeah, you know, I, 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 I agree with that. United? I agree with that, Chris. We, we, we sort of go, well, he's been successful. It's like, do you know what? A typical example is you watch, you know, Sunday football, uh, yeah. And like, if someone scored two goals, he's got a man at match. Why he scored two goals? I get that, but has he been yeah. the best for me? The man of the match isn't. He's made a difference with the two goals for me. The, it's the person who's played the best. It's if he's a centre midfielder and he's got on the ball and he's won his tackles and he's passed well, he's the man of the match. Or the winger who's got past his man every time, or the defender who's made a last ditch tackle time and time again. The keepers pulled some saves off. Someone scores two goals, he's man of the match. And I don't get that at all. You know, he's not necessarily been the best player. He might have toe-poked to win, but we give it to him. And and that's where, you know, my opinion on this is, you know, with Jorginho, he's missed a couple of penalties. So what? He's still a fantastic player. And like I say, one of the best midfield players in Europe. So, you know, I I totally, you know, agree with what you said. And, you know, he should be up there, you know, for those honours. Yeah, Scott says here, uh, going off topic, we don't mind Scott because we don't have a topic at the end here. Uh, personally, I prefer a Twix, but that's that's another story. But as an ex <laughs> Julian, as an ex player, if you had rumors of the manager leaving, would you want to sign a new contract? As in referring to Tillerman's situation, yeah. At the moment? Do you know what, Scott? That is an excellent question, and I think again, and we go back to money all the time with the money in it these days. Does that concern them? But I know as a, a player, when you know money wasn't great, that I really appreciated the managers who appreciated me, and not every manager mm. appreciated me, you know. I, and you could tell that, um, yeah. So I would, you know, like for instance, 
uh, when I went to Luton and Lenny Lawrence was my manager and I, you know, I got a great relationship with him. And I remember uh, being in my flat um, and it was the day before we started pre-season training and I got a text from one of the lads and it went, Lenny's left. And I was absolutely devastated because I'd had a, probably my best season of my career, you know, albeit in like, I think mean, it was League One, but most enjoyable, played most games, had a manager that really got on with, liked me. I liked the way he played. And honestly, it was like, oh, oh no. And then mm. it, and it did unfold to be like a terrible season for me that he left. We had four managers, we got relegated, and I ended up, I was that bad, I had to move to Australia. So, when you get a change of manager, Scott, that's what happens. You have to move to the other side of the world. But but it's true. That, that, is, you know, that, that, is, the, that is the bit I'm going to clip and use that. I was that bad, yeah. I had to move to Australia. <laughs> but, it, but it was true. We brought in Ricky Hill. Uh, and it looked like that deal was done because the club loved Ricky Hill and Ricky mm. was a fantastic coach, but not for me, a great manager. Then we had Lil Fachillo and then Joe Kinnear, who absolutely did not like me at all. And that's mm. the reason I left at the end of the season. My contract was up. He was never going to sign me again. And that's how it, and that started from Lenny leaving that pre-season. And I remember thinking that, oh no, because I knew I'd had a, my best season of my career under him. Um, and, it, and it would be the same. So for Tielemans, I think if he was signing, if they were talking about him signing a new contract and it looked like Brendan was leaving, as a player these days, when they have so much power that they do, he would be, demand, he'd be demanding to know who's coming in and could he work yes. with that person. And they'd want to speak to that person. And that's the power that players have. You know, in our day, we didn't have that power. It was like, you know, mm. whoever's coming in is coming in and you know, you're going to have to you know, get on with them kind of thing. But yeah. these days, there's a there's a different sort of gravitas of uh, of power. Uh, but it, it would it would definitely affect a player. You know, it definitely. Yeah. I mean, and if, if, if Brendan goes to Man United, Tielens might think, well, hang on a minute. You know, I've got on really well with Brendan. He's gone to Man United. Why would I sign a new contract when he might take me with him? So there's all sorts of connotations to it. It's not just the fact of the manager that you like leaving. It's where he's going to and could he possibly take you with him? And uh, Dave Bassett was a classic for people following him. He he signed the same players wherever he went again and again. And they had great careers on the back of it. And I'm not saying they weren't, you know, good players. They were. But, you know, players did very well out of following a manager. and, and, And that's what you'd get now. Not not mentioning Peter Taylor and Julia uh, Junior Lewis at all in that. <laughs> I mean, how many clubs did he follow Peter Taylor to? You know, um, I, I mean, like, you know, in your golf bag. It's <laughs> a bit, it's a bit harsh, but I mean, Peter Taylor. I think, I think I, before he came to Leicester, was he was he at Gillingham? No, I went to a Gillingham after. Before he came to Leicester, he was actually, I think, England under-21 manager. But but Peter Taylor always Mm. has this thing of, he was a 4-4-2 man and he had quick players up front and he was very solid in his 4-4. And he brought that to the Premier League and it just didn't work out, you know. Mm. And he signed, you know, no disrespect, I played with Addy at uh, Bristol City. I mean, God, the physique that kid had, the pace he had, Mm. but you know, he wouldn't finish the chances that you would want your striker to finish. He might run onto one and blast one in the top of the net, but it was very, very hit and miss. And and for me, that was never going to work in, you know, in in the Premier League. And it was it Trevor Benjamin. 
Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I came and he, he actually broke my nose playing for Cambridge against Luton, and we 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 came to blows ish kind of stuff. But uh, again, a very physical, powerful player. But in the Premier League, you need a finisher, and that you yeah. know, Sheffield United suffered with that. And I always said Sheffield United need to sign someone like someone up and coming who they thought with Brewster but didn't quite do it, or someone uh, is one I always refer to, but maybe not the right man, a, a Jermaine Defoe, who, if he was on the end of things, he's going to finish him. Whereas McGoldrick yeah. didn't finish stuff for Sheffield United and uh, McBurney didn't finish things. And Sharp, you know, worked hard and great Sheffield lad, but didn't finish things. And and that's what you need in the Premier League. So when Peter Taylor came and brought his model of four four two, two quick, powerful strikers, it was an absolute car crash. Uh, and, and that actually ties in very nicely with what we were saying before. I think about international managers not being good at team level and team managers not necessarily being good at international mm. level generally. And the fact that he'd got this amazing record as England under twenty one manager because he could take the players and the players and and coach them. What he couldn't do is manage, you know. Yeah. And correct. absolutely took, correct. He took us to the top of the Premier League with um, um, Martin's players. Yeah. But it was when he brought his own players in. I mean, Trevor Correct. Benjamin, you said, I mean, there was, there was him, there was somebody else at Cambridge, another striker, and I can't think who it was. And I think Trevor Benjamin was like the Danny, Danny Drinkwater to Kante. Trevor yeah. Benjamin was to this one. And we got, we got the Trevor Benjamin. But, yeah. I mean... Dan, thank you for your comment there, you swine. Uh, give, give, my love, <laughs> give, give my love to your mother. Um, hello, Mrs. Riley. Um, and, uh, she, she got me paternity check yet. <laughs> but he does say there, um, AD was good for us at Burnley. He was, he was but he was, that was the championship. Yeah. AD you know? was, like, and I'll tell you now, obviously I was in the changing room with him at Bristol, a lovely, lovely lad, and he like mm. absolutely gave you a hundred percent. What didn't come off just didn't come off because he wasn't, you know, he 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 had a level of ability which we've all got, and his was sort of there, and it wasn't it wasn't Premier League. No, um, no. And, and you know, at Bristol City, to be fair to me, he did okay, but not fantastic, you know, and and he was mm. hit a bit hit and miss, but you would never ever fault him for his efforts. He he ran his socks off. He had lightning pace. He had a really strong physique. Um, and, you know, we've all got bits about us. I mean, I wish I'd have had his physique and pace, but I didn't. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I could actually, you know, I could trap a ball and, you know, things like yeah. that. So everyone's yeah. got the different bits and bobs. And and that's why Addy didn't work out at, um, at Leicester City. It was a, it was too much for him. But that's the a manager bringing someone into the wrong environment. And it, it was, for me, never the right fit. And, and like yeah. you say... We always used to talk about players that managers sign if they're not the right one. We used to call them sacking signings because that yeah. is your judgment in a player. You've said, I rate him, I've watched him, I've scouted him, I've done my own work, I'm bringing him in. He's an absolute failure. It just it goes it's straight on the manager's head. It's at nobody else whatsoever. Uh, and, and, you know, you bring these some players in and, and that's what they do for you. And it, it shows your ability as a manager and particularly as a person watching players and talent. I think, I think Wolf saw us coming uh, when uh, when they sold us uh, Akinbay five million. But yeah. like you say, you couldn't fault the guy's uh, you know enthusiasm and and his work no. rate. He just no. 
wasn't that standard. And no. <laughs> I love that, a sacking player. I, I absolutely yeah. love that. I mean, you know, Slomani, I mean, you could yeah. say as an example. I'm hoping not Perez, but you yeah. never know. Yeah. But, uh, but, that, but that was it. It was a bit terrible that, you know, we, we might sign someone and we'd probably be amongst ourselves like, might see him play a few games. If he weren't the best, we were going, oh, my God, sacking signing, sacking signing, you know. But yeah. that was the phrase that we used. It was like, you know, if someone wasn't up to scratch and he was the, the manager had brought him in, you know, we can all forgive a manager who inherits a squad because he's got to deal with what he's, you know, what he's got. Uh, but when they bring someone in, that is the, the measure of them. Yes. That is their, you know, benchmark. I brought this player in. I've got faith in him. He's going to improve this team. And if he doesn't, that's when the doubts can creep into, you know, to managers. Mm. Dan says there, Frank Sinclair didn't have as many own goals as he did at Leicester. <laughs> I think he was our top scorer that season. What do you mean? Don't. <laughs> I loved Big Frank. But yes, his, uh, his back passes were not... Um... <laughs> <laughs> you always had your uh, your head in your hands, you know. Um, and he says, um, love your input, mate. Yes, hey, no problem. I love well. it. I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. myself, mate. Thank yeah. you. Julian, thank you so much as usual. We put the world to rights. We're still yeah. agreeing. We're agreeing way too much. I've got to come up with a topic that we don't agree on. Yeah. Uh, we were talking before, and we were just we, we, as you know, we quickly went over them. I think you're like, God, he's agreeing with me. No, he can't. He's going to be something. Oh, I will. I will come up with something. I'm sure one day that we will. We will. We will disagree with. No worries. Uh, it certainly. It certainly won't be your status as as the the top totty in all these ladies <laughs> magazines. Um, ladies of a discerning age, shall we just say, but, mate? It's back next week. Can't wait for Premier League to come back. Thanks Absolutely. so much as always for doing no this. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Love having you on. And thank yeah. you so much for doing that. And talking sense, which is something I, I never do. No worries. <laughs> Enjoy it. Thanks, Thanks guys. So See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, Julian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, it's great. Love having him on. He, he, he knows his stuff. He is an absolute gent to come on as he does and do all this for us guys that's it we, we've we've sorted world football out for fifa we've sorted the scottish premier league out for scotland um we've answered a few questions i think i think they should take us on at these football associations don't you <laughs> no maybe not maybe not um <laughs> Scott, Chris, thanks for your comedy. Um, I, yeah, I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let me know, Scott. Let me know. Uh, maybe, maybe you find the funny bits is when I'm actually trying to talk football and be serious. Couple of things just to run past you. We're going to be back tomorrow, nine o'clock, with the prediction show once again with the Arsenal and Tottenham hating Steve Linux. He will be back then. Uh, we are live now as well on TikTok. If you want to just pick up a couple of um, uh, a couple of quick clips from the shows, uh, including Brad's uh, um, North Macedonia rant and Maisie's laugh, we're there on TikTok. Uh, it is LTID. TV, LTID TV, and we are on TikTok. Please, please give us a follow on that. Uh, if you've missed us, then this is where you can catch us on YouTube, Less Little I Die TV. Please give us a subscribe. Uh, we're trying to get to the 1.1. We're not too far off. 
And if you want to listen to us, um, give us about 10 minutes and we will be up and running on your favourite podcast platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Podcast Addict, Anchor, and many more. And if you've got a smart speaker, just ask it to play the podcast, Lester Till I Die. Um, we've also, as I say, you might have seen it earlier, we've got a range of goodies coming out. Um, hoodies, T-shirts, mugs, pens, cuddly toys. Hey, nice to see you, to see you nice. Uh, they're all coming, hopefully, within a couple of weeks in time for Christmas and all, all very, very affordable. That will be on the Leicester website, leicestertillidie.com forward slash shop. See you tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Thanks so much for everybody who came in and everybody who joined in with their comments. And I say big, massive thanks to Julian. Stay safe, guys. See you tomorrow with Brad, Steve, and The Prediction Show. Good night. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. It is now. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.